Hello, friends. Today is Tuesday, October the 6th, 2020, and this is Real Life Moms by Laura Hurd, and I'm Laura Hurd. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Um, I've got a quick story to share with you about something that kind of spurred this podcast. Um, it has to do with a situation that happened. Um, this past Sunday. Um, so our church, we started Sunday school back for the first time since March of this year. And so I knew it was going to be a transition for our son, uh, Miles. Um, Miles is seven years old. For those of you that may be new to our podcast, he has been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. He has sensory processing disorder and um, apraxia. And he also has undiagnosed central auditory processing disorder. Um, So, the reason for the topic of discussion today, which is helping your kids decompress. And if you are not familiar with that term, basically what decompression looks like um, in a child with autism is if they have been overstimulated or maybe um, you're st- lovingly stretching them outside of their comfort zone um, and they need a break. So usually that break comes when they are in a safe place where they can feel totally safe to either let it all out, which sometimes happen and used to happen um, a lot more than it does now early on our journey. Um, So they'll either decompress by letting all of their feelings out and emotions out and everything once they get back home, maybe home is their safe place, um, or they will just zone out completely and maybe they do that with a sensory activity or playing on the playground or swinging or even playing on a special game um, like an app or something like that. So that's kind of an overview of what decompression looks like and where it stems from with being overstimulated or put in a position where they have to kind of um, hold themselves together and not totally understand all of the social cues going on, okay? So this Sunday, again, we started back Sunday school. And we've not been since March. So I knew this was going to be a another transition back into his normal. It's not a new room that he had the same teachers, but it was a transition back into that routine. So our church has been having services, but not Sunday school. So we were able, um, through this whole pandemic, um, we were able to get our son in the sanctuary. Before any of this happened, we would go to our church's um, sensory room. And we would watch the service in there. And that was kind of like an area where our family, um, it was kind of like a bridge, really. Um, And if your church doesn't have something like this and your child needs this support, I would totally approach um, the leadership team with that idea. And I am fairly certain and (laughs) hopeful that they would be on board with getting that implemented for you. So we would go there. Um, you know, we had the hope and desire to want to eventually transition back upstairs to the normal service and set through in a pew, you know, just the traditional setting of when you're listening to the preacher from the pulpit. So um, we were able to do that. 
so we, and the reason why I think that we were able is because, you know, we had, we still had limited capacity in the sanctuary. And then they had even on top of that split it into two services. So there wasn't as many people going into that big sanctuary. Miles has always had issues with bigger open open concept buildings. So that that in itself was always an issue. And not only that, but being put in a big open space like that with a lot of people, it just wasn't his thing. And it's not a lot of people's thing. Sometimes it's not even my thing. So I totally understood. So I thought, well, let's try this. We're just going to see. And, you know, and I've talked about this before in my previous episode about lovingly stretching your child. I spoke about you know, you go into situations, you knowing that you may have to leave early. And that's really what helped us cope with our new normal per se, from, um, you know, not being able to just go and do as we used to be able to do. But if we did decide to go and try to stretch miles outside of his comfort zone, that we went into it knowing that we would probably have to leave early. So that's the whole mindset we had. We may have gotten the parking lot and had to turn right back around and go home, and that was going to be okay. This was it's baby steps and it's lovingly stretching him. We made it inside and we've been in the sanctuary ever since. So um that's kind of a backstory. So today he had Sunday school. He did great. We picked him up from Sunday school class, which is 1 hour long. Then we made our way upstairs, and all of this is new rhythms. Um from what we had been doing, which was going directly in the sanctuary, parking going directly in the sanctuary. So even from March to when we started back at church during the pandemic with limited capacity, that changed. So now this was a new change. We parked in a different spot. We went in a different door today. He went into his classroom. He was in there for an hour. We came and picked him up, and then we had to go up back upstairs to the sanctuary in a totally different route. So all of this is going on. He's still coping very well. He actually ran up the stairs. He was ready to go and he walked right in the sanctuary and we found a seat and it was all well about 15 minutes since from the time we sat down, um, he was asking to go. He started pointing at the door. So, and I totally got it. Um, I knew that was probably going to happen. Um, but I didn't realize until after we got home the extent of how much that the the changes from that morning um, affected him. So we set we made it through the entire service, and you know he was we were counting it down. He was he said, "Mommy, um, five more minutes." You know, so I gave him kind of a time frame, and we were sl- counting down in increments, and then. We left and I dropped him and his dad off at the house and I had to go pick up some groceries. So um, I did that, came home, and my husband said um, that something had happened with Miles. So immediately I'm like, oh goodness, what happened? And so I went inside and I found him and he was in my bed and he was just laying there under the covers and I could tell he had been crying. Um And so I sat down and was rubbing him and I said, "Um, are you okay? And as soon as I said that, um, and I'm I'm really Miles' safe place too, because I'm here with him all day, 24-7. And so he knows, like, I tune in to the most, the smallest change. 
and I can pretty much read him and know what's going on. So I think just me being there in general was like allowed him to, um, well, he started crying, but, you know, he felt like, okay, mom's home. Now I can really move forward. Um, and maybe he was waiting on me to get home. I don't know because he ha- he does have limited communication right now. He can- He's come a long way, but he still can't articulate what's going on inside of his head or his body or whatever. So um, he cried and we worked through that. And then I said, are you sad? He said, yes. And I said, why are you sad, buddy? And he said, I don't know. Okay, so that's so much further. That's such a big deal in our family. Because we have come from, you know, coming home and him being aggressive after, because this is, he was decompressing and he needed an outlet to do that. So, you know, for him, when he was stretched and we came home to a safe place, then it just all came out, all the emotions, because he didn't know how to cope with it. He's learning now more and more how to cope with that feeling of overwhelm and that overstimulation. And now I think he's he's at a crossroads to where he really wants to have the words to be able to explain it to us. Um, and so he's dealing with that, but he's come a long way with the behavior-related um, decompressing aspects of that overstimulation. Okay, so I had a conversation with his dad, and he told me what had happened after I left, and... Um, he basically found him, he was crying and sobbing. And um, to my husband, it did look like he was just, you know, overwhelmed. Like he finally had a chance to let release all of that that he kind of kept himself together with at church. And that's that's part of lovingly stretching them. You know, we've been, we've been going to church with him since he was a baby. He's familiar with so many faces. And we even, when we got in the sanctuary um, that morning, we had sat down and he spotted one of his really good friends, which is an adult that's always so kind to him that the whole family has always been so kind to our family. And so then they're always getting, giving him high fives and different things. And he spotted him across the sanctuary and he got up and, and he wanted to go say hi. And I walked over there with him and to, so he could tell him hi and everything. So, you know, he's he had plenty of familiar um, faces, familiar places um, because he's been to these, but it's just changing things up once again. And that's so hard for anybody, um, and especially with a child on the autism spectrum, because, you know, they do, they do like that, those schedules and that predictability. Um, And so there was some unpredictability there. um, And so he just, all that came out at home. And I did touch base with his Sunday school teachers. We love his Sunday school teachers, and we're so thankful that they're teaching his class again um, this year. So they're actually family of ours even. And I knew, you know, that wasn't even a question, but I still wanted to touch base just to see maybe if something did happen in class, you know, you just, you never know. And I always like to try to get the full picture um, to help my child. And so, yeah, we had a great conversation. She and they actually had seen the progress that he had made even since March. And they had been talking about that. And he had a great time in there, like always, of course. But um, I do, I do just want to share that. But um yeah, so that's what happened. So decompressing for Miles, it looks different than it did even a year ago, um, and especially when he was younger. 
So if your child is, if you're slowly and lovingly stretching your child, I want to give you some encouragement. So as you are stretching them outside of their comfort zone and they come home and maybe they do show these um, negative behaviors and you're wondering what is going on. Well, more than likely, if they've been put in a position to where they've had to, they've not been familiar with uh, maybe the surroundings, maybe the people, and maybe there's a lot of unknowns as far as the the proper social etiquette, the social cues that, you know, typical kids normally can pick up on in those rhythms. Um, and they there was just so much uncertainty surrounding whatever it was that you were lovingly stretching them on. So once, let's say, their home um, is their safe place, and that's where they feel like they can release all of that that's been built up, anxiety and stress from the unknowns, and um, and you just love them through it, okay? You give them space, like for, for Miles, we just, we gave him space. We understood that his behavior was not directed toward us. It was, he was not acting out um, from bad behavior. It wasn't just him <laughs> being a brat. Um, it was him learning how to cope. And we were saying, hey, we love you. We know it's hard. We're still here for you. And you can come when you're ready. We're going to be here. So not only that, you know, you, you have that mentality. And even, you can even tell your child that. And I do. And like I would say, it's okay, buddy. I understand. I know. And um, and he would be throwing a fit, but it would just be from just the overwhelm and the overstimulation. So um, not only that, but, you know, we would give him time to do whatever he wanted to do. You know, um, if he wanted to decompress by playing a game on my phone, like Geometry Dash, which he loves, and that's that's been a go-to for years for him to decompress because he can get, um, he can just escape in that game. It gets focused on the game and playing it and he can escape and that helps him decompress faster. Or if we have a sensory activity like water beads or playing in um, flower, we have a bin that we pour flour in and he loves to play in it. Um, or even go into the park if that's something that helps them decompress. Um, you know, your child will usually lead you and show you or water activities in general. That was always a big one. And it still is a big one, a calming activity. So those are some suggestions and tips for you. Um, uh, if as you slowly stretch your child outside their comfort zone and you offer, you come back and you offer them these decompressing activities, these calming activities um, for them to come back around. And eventually, you know, this is just slowly, you have to look at it as a journey, as a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, and slowly over time, they're going to learn those coping skills, those coping mechanisms. And they're going to know that when they do get back home, they're going to have that confidence of saying, okay, you know, they're going to build the trust in the relationship with you because you are slowly doing this, lovingly doing this and offering them ways to support their needs through it. So they're going to know, okay, well, once we get back home, I can do this. I can take mom's phone and go play geometry dash and shut the door and just sit in the dark. Or, um, or I know when I get back home, you know, I can play in the water and mom's not going to get mad at me for making a mess at the sink. Um, 
you know, just love them through it, care for them through it, give them, you know, let them be themselves. Um, and, and just try your best to understand that those behaviors aren't directed towards you. And it's not just them being a bad kid. So, um, I hope this has helped. And as always, if you have any questions, if you need to reach out to me in any way, you can find me on Instagram. It's a, um, we're under Miles Autism Homeschool over there. And I'll link that here in the comments of the podcast. Um, feel free to message me over there. Um, I'm on Facebook. We have a community support, support group over there. I'll link that here as well. Um, you know, just we're offering support and encouragement and tips and I do lives in there. Um, but I want to just encourage you and I do pray for my listeners and I pray that whatever it is that you're facing today, that you know that God is always with you and he, you know, you just keep clinging to him and his truth and his word and, you know, whatever it is that he, if he has called you to this space with your child, this ministry, it is such a ministry um, that it has so many blessings and you know, with any ministry, you look at it as a marathon and not a sprint. You're in it, you know, to give God the glory and, you know, you're doing your work for him and not to please others. Um, so reach out to us, um, follow us on Instagram, watch my stories over there. I share a lot of personal daily things there, but I hope you guys have a great week and we'll talk to you later.